Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for Out of the Furnace. I like this one. It's tough. Makes me want to jump in there with you. See who walks out. I just need the money. He's a little kid. Come work at the mound. Nothing wrong with working for a living. Working for a living? I gave my life for this country. But what's it done for me? Huh? What's it done for me? I'm gonna do this one last fight, and then I'll be done. Showtime. On your brother. They aren't gonna look for Rodney? No. It's a whole other world up in there. Don't read a justice, and it does not include us. This guy, he haunts those mountains. Ah! Gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator from Entertainment Weekly, Sarah Vilcomerson, and tonight's guests, Scott Cooper and Casey Affleck. Good evening. Thank you guys for being here. Oh, thank you, thank you for you, being here. Um, so you, everyone just got to see the trailer. This is an amazing movie, an amazing cast, as everyone saw. Um, Scott, maybe you want to explain a little bit what the movie is about. Yeah, without giving too much away, uh, it's, it's really, it's about a lot of things, quite frankly. Um, but one of them, when I set out to write the screenplay, is about Christian Bale's character, who's a very good man who is beset on all sides by this relentless fate. And through fate and circumstances, uh, his life and everyone around him, their lives are changed. Um, I think that's about as much as I can say without really telling you uh, too much more and giving away plot points. But um, these fellows don't disappoint, that I can guarantee you. Um, and how did you get involved with this project? After my first film, Crazy Heart, um, 
I had a very difficult time deciding what to say next, what to direct next. Uh, for someone who had never really been offered much uh, with an unremarkable acting career, I was suddenly faced with a, uh, a daunting pile of scripts. Um, one of them sent to me from Leonardo DiCaprio and Ridley Scott, who were producing a film. Uh, a very well-written piece, but I didn't want to direct that. Uh, and they said, well, why don't you just have carte blanche and, uh, and come up with a story about a man who, in the original screenplay, uh, for uh, unknown reasons is sent to uh, prison and then he gets out to avenge the loss uh, of someone very dear to him. Uh, so I used that seed from the original screenplay and then I told a very personal uh, narrative that dealt not only with that but uh, with a crumbling American economy um, fighting wars on two fronts. Our soldiers returning from Iraq and Afghanistan suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and having a very difficult uh, way to assimilate back into life. And then finally I wanted to, to weave into the narrative the fact that we live in a uh, violent nation. So uh, all of those things uh, kind of course through the narrative. So let's talk about the cast a little bit, because it's incredible. Obviously, we have Christian and we have Casey here. Casey, someone uh, who may or may not be on the stage told me that it's, it's very hard to convince you to do movies, uh, generally speaking. So tell me what it was about this that made you want to get on board. Um, <clears throat> well, I liked, the, uh, I liked Scott's script quite a bit. And um, that's, that was the first impression that was made. Was, and uh, then I talked to him. And uh, despite not liking him at all, I uh, decided that there may, might, the project might be salvageable and uh, something good could be done. Um, so, um, and then nothing else going on, and uh, decided to just take a shot. Um, I was promised it would be shot uh, very close to my home. Scott lied and took me to a far, far away location. And, um, and that was that, and here we are. And, uh, Casey Apple really does have to be uh, literally dragged to the set. He you know, is, is beset with offers and, and always says no, and I was very fortunate that, that he said yes. But I'm sure also acting with Christian Bale had something to do with the fact that he said yes. Actually, some of my favorite parts of the movies has to do with you and Christian's relationship. Um, this is a movie that really goes to the whole show-don't-tell sort of idea. Um, and there seems to be such a, a true history and bond between the two of you as brothers. Did you guys get a chance to spend any time together before you started shooting? I know it was a pretty fast shoot. Um, no, I, we didn't spend any time together at all. Uh, we just, um, <clears throat> uh, more or less, there was a couple days of uh, talking about it together and uh, we didn't uh, rehearse, uh, I don't think at all, and uh, may maybe a bit, but mostly it was just, um, Lots of talking with Scott about the about the characters, and um, but I think that you know Christian is so uh, uniquely talented, such an incredible uh, actor that um, you know if the relationship seems believable or, or has some depth, uh, it's it's a testament to his uncanny ability to just sort of live in a role and and ground every scene in reality and. Um, I think that he, you know, and watching him work with some of the other actors, I would see sort of everything just get elevated by um, his kind of commitment to 
keeping things um, very honest, if you will. You know, it's uh, he's never uh, he never does anything, as you say. It's not a, it's, a, it's definitely a show don't tell. He'll, he's willing to do nothing at all in a scene or in an entire movie if that's if that is sort of the way it ought to be played and what's kind of called for, and sort of just let the the story work and let the director make the film, and and he's never going to to do anything false. And so um, I think that's why all of the relationships uh, in the movie work is because um, he sort of anchors the whole thing and um, uh, with an incredible commitment. For the record, um, I spoke to Christian Bell and he said pretty much all the exact same things about you. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about the location. Casey, as you mentioned, it was far from home. Um, Braddock, Pennsylvania is an incredibly important part to this, and Scott, I know it was really important to you to actually film on location there. Yeah, it was critical. I, I grew up in the Appalachian Mountain Range, the Blue Ridge Mountains, and grew up in the coal fields of Virginia, and I really knew that that type of world, and the people who lived and worked uh, in those hills and inside those coal mines and, and steel mills. So when I was touring around with Crazy Heart, I had been reading a great deal about Braddock, Pennsylvania, and how it had been uh, had fallen, as, as many towns around America had, fallen on very difficult economic times. And I was really touched and moved by the people that stayed and the type of kind of courage and resilience that they had uh, that spoke to this indomitable human spirit. And while in Pittsburgh, I visited. And I was, was not only moved by that, but it was so photogenic and, and atmospheric that I knew that I could set a story in that location that felt very much like home. And it came to a point to where those people backing the film thought that it might be more fiscally responsible to shoot the film in Massachusetts. And of course, Casey's from Massachusetts, and I have nothing against Massachusetts, but it wasn't the place that I wrote the film for. Much like with Crazy Heart, I wrote it for uh, New Mexico and Texas and Los Angeles and was able to shoot in all those places. And I found it critical to my process to bring a real type of authenticity and verisimilitude, not only to the production and its look, but also to infuse Casey and Christian and Forrest Whitaker and Woody Harrelson and the rest of the cast uh, with a real sense of place and authenticity. And it kind of just imbues the entire set. And, um, and I said I wasn't going to make the film if we didn't shoot there. And ultimately, we were able to. And as you'll see, the film is a, is a, is a major character in the film. Yeah. The, the town is a major character in the film. How did the town respond to you guys being there? Favorably. Uh, Braddock welcomed us with, with open arms. Um, it's nice to always be able to inject a little uh, fiscal stimulus into a town because you're, you're spending money in their restaurants, their dry cleaners, their hotels, uh, gas, all those things that were very needed. But the town was giving us much more than that in return. And I couldn't imagine, quite frankly, ever telling the story anywhere else other than Braddock, Pennsylvania, and the people who, who not only permeate uh, the film, because I used many of the local actors or non-actors. I would pull people off of lawnmowers cutting grass, or I would find them in local bars, um, and they are in the film. And it just really grounds it and gives it a sense of authenticity that you wouldn't find anywhere else. I want to talk about the accent a little bit, the regional accent, which is incredibly, I, as someone who grew up near there, I think hard to imitate. So Casey, how, how did, you did, all of you guys did such a good job with it. How did you go about doing that? Um, well, we had all sort of talked early on about um, 
whether or not we were going to try to do an accent. Uh, and I, part of the conversation that was interesting to me was that the accent in, in that part of Pennsylvania sounds more, a little bit more southern than you'd imagine. It's kind of a strange sound and then, then it does kind of northeastern New York or Jersey or, you know, th those all, accents all sound similar. And the reason it was, it was explained to me was that, um, uh, you know, the migration uh, early on in the history of the country, people had gone north and south in that part of the country because they wouldn't want to cross over, up and over the mountains. And so that's why you get this strange kind of southern sound in the northern part of the country there. And um, so, uh, but it always seemed like a very unusual accent that I thought might be, um, might be distracting, you know. And, and um, I sort of thought, well, what's the point in having an accent? And, uh, and but um, Christian really embraced it. And, um, and I think, you know, it became clear how important that sense of place was to Scott. And uh, so we had to... You know, I, I felt like everybody had to, you know, we had to all be on the same page or it would be weird. Um, and so it was done very subtly, I hope, and just, you know, more or less sort of people sound like, sort of like they do, sort of, you know, but with, with, uh, with sort of hints of, of what that sound is. And, um, you know, in a certain, and sometimes in a movie you have to sort of follow the lead of, of the person who's kind of on screen the most. If, um, and you want to sort of support and surround that uh, so you're sort of working as a team, and, and Christian who's, has obviously himself an accent that would really stand out as being wrong in that place had to, he was, had to do something, and so we all kind of got on board with what that was. Pittsburgh's, in a, as Casey said, in a very interesting ge geographical location of the Upper South meets the Midwest meets the Northeast, and it's, it's really almost this kind of patois. And I had uh, the production tape a lot of uh, locals, so Christian and the actors, uh, Sam, Forrest Whitaker, or Sam Shepard, that is, would uh, all listen to that. And Christian would be sitting uh, uh, either in his truck or uh, his character's truck or on set. And I thought at times he was listening to music when, in fact, he was listening to a man just speak over and over. And for someone who's Welsh, I mean, Christian's a mass is a master of accents, was able to uh, really convey that world uh, seamlessly. And I think the rest of the actors just uh, played off of that. I know Christian never dropped the accent the whole time he was there. Casey, can you can you go in and out, or do you have to stay the whole time too? Well, it's it's a much uh, subtler uh, adjustment for me, so um, I think it would be really hard if I were playing someone who you know who was Welsh. I would probably really have to kind of stick to it. Um, it's going in and out would be tough, uh, but he, um, yeah, he he kind of stayed in it and. Um, and I would listen to some of the, the tapes that he was trying, that he was listening to. I had sort of, Scott had sent me one of my own, and I thought like, well, let me just listen to what Christian's listening to so that I know exactly sort of what it is. Um, um, but as I said, it was a, a much slighter change. And any time you have accents that are really, really pronounced, it, it tends to take the viewer out of the uh, movie, much like with costumes or, or certain camera work or music because uh, at least in my process, I, I don't want any of that stuff to seem anything but seamless and invisible and uh, just a testament to their skill level that they were able to do it very convincingly because so many people that I know from the region who've seen the film marvel at how wonderful Casey and Christian and Willem Dafoe and Sam Shepard and, and the rest of the cast were able to really capture that almost perfectly. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to see a clip? Maybe we should show one of the clips. Oh, yeah. yes, great. <laughs> You hear me, Petty? You better start following through on your promise. For 25 grand, you better control. 
I ought to put a piece of lead in your ass and take everything in. John, you back here? Oh, I'm sorry. Should I come back later? No, it's okay. We're finishing up. You want to teach you to barge in like that? You got a problem with me? I got a problem with everybody. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's really scary in this movie. Um, and Casey, you had a lot of scenes with him. Um, tell me a little bit about you know, your character's back from Iraq. He's, he's sort of getting into fighting. What kind of training and what kind of research did you do before, before filming? Um, <clears throat> well, um, we started by um, sort of trying to figure out how much a, a part of the military service and the history of this character, which isn't actually doesn't take place in the movie, how important that is to it, and sort of how it factors into what what does happen in the movie. Um, and then uh, began by watching some terrific documentaries about veterans and speaking to some veterans and just sort of reading as much as, as you could find. Um, you know, looking there was a there was a great photo essay about veterans who had returned from Iraq and just seeing it was before and after photos and seeing how they changed physically. Uh, sort of seemed like going either one of two ways, which is to sort of just uh, kind of um, fall apart physically or to um, become just uh, sort of implode and become very tightly wound. And um, because of the fighting that had to happen in the film, decided that that one was sort of the better course to take, a kind of wiry, you know, overly coiled kind of physicality. And then... Um, um, and then also just to think about sort of what the experience of, of veterans is when they come back home and they've been in, in a combat for many years and, and talking to people from Vietnam, my grandfather in World War II, to people in Desert Storm I went to high school with, to uh, Iraq and Afghanistan now, there seemed to be a, um, like this picture emerged that, that was a common experience of, of many of them, uh, which was one of you know, uh, you know, some a certain amount of uh, ongoing anxiety that would either, in extreme cases, result, you know, manifest itself as post-traumatic stress disorder, um, which is just a disorder from experiencing lots of trauma, and um, you know, the symptoms are uh, terrible. You know, bad, you can't sleep, depression, um, huge mood swings, um, uh, constant low-level anxiety, great outbursts of anger. Um, uh, also just, you know, sometimes people just feel generally misunderstood. They can't talk about the things that they did or what they saw. Uh, people don't want to hear about it. Um, so those are the personal experiences. And then I think sort of what one of the underlying, you know, issues in this, in this movie and is, uh, although it has uh, expertly remained sort of subtextual, is sort of about how, how we take care of one another and how the country sort of takes, looks after its soldiers. and. Um, and in this case, how we don't really look after our veterans at all, how they, we ask them to do horrible things, go around the globe and you know, kill and be killed, and when they come home, we are uh, reluctant to even give them food stamps or mental health, and um, what a betrayal that is to the people who have served the country, and uh, regardless of what you think of those wars, um, 
you know, the, these young men and women really need to be taken care of, and uh, they aren't. So there's a lot of frustration and loneliness and sense of betrayal from a lot of the veterans, um, and I think that part of that factored into the to the performance directly into the scenes uh, with this um, with Christian and into the self um, self destruction uh, that he that he um, the self destructive behavior that he, he exhibits. Right, and and you have to go through a lot of brutal fighting scenes as well. Did you have to train at all physically for that, or? Yeah, there was there was a bit of that because. Um, I'm, uh, I was, I'm not, I'm not, I never really liked violence. I wasn't much of a fighter. I'm not, uh, I didn't even like watching a lot of the violent stuff. There's a lot of the stuff online that you can find, these real illegal, you know, backyard fights and stuff, and, and they're horrible and brutal. And, uh, and I watched some of them, and, and then I started this kind of process of just trying to look like one of these guys who could at least sort of hurt somebody in a fight, and uh, so that it was, you know, at least there's some semblance of reality in those scenes. And, um, you know, that was uh, kind of a, a difficult challenge physically, but it's uh, not much of a story. It's just, you just gotta get up and go do the work and work out and train with the fighter and um, every day, sometimes, you know, three times a day. And um, it's pretty grueling if you're not sort of already built that way. Um, but, um, uh, you know, that's, there are tougher ways to make a living. Um, I think we're going to show a clip. It's one of my favorite scenes. Um, yeah. also and then I think we're gonna go to the audience but what what was the title significance for you for this well literally and metaphorically the entire town of Braddock Pennsylvania is born out of the furnace and Christian Bale's character as a steel mill worker literally and figuratively comes out of the furnace to avenge the loss of someone very personal and close to him uh, I think we're going to the audience Hi, how are you? Actually, I'm Japanese. By the way, Scott? Yes. You are very good looking. So you, you can be an actor. Yeah. You are very good looking director. He is an actor. Thank so you. So I have a question for both. Uh, first, Scott, uh, you know, Jeff Bridges won the Oscar because of you. So how, how did you direct with Jeff? How did you enjoy, you know? <laughs> then Casey. Okay. 
then Casey, yes. I, yeah, by the way, I love Tower Heist. You are great in the movie. But I believe your best movie is Gone Baby Gone. I love the movie. Then your, di your brother directed the movie. How was it? Uh, you know, he was nice or serious director. Then also, he, your brother will be, you know, Batman. What do you think about this? Thank you. <laughs> That's a lot of questions. Yeah. We've done some Q and A's, I uh, say, recently, but um, those are our very original questions. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll just answer about. Uh, thank you for saying that about Crazy Heart. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how you look? No. <laughs> Do you think you're a handsome man? That I, yeah. I don't, and that would be the first time I've ever been asked that question. Thank you. Um, Is being handsome <laughs> a, a prerequisite to being an actor? Uh, no. I think, quite frankly, if, if, if when you're young, people tell you, wow, you're a cute kid, then you want to perform for them, right? That's why we become actors. Were you a cute kid? I was not, no. <laughs> no. Um, firstly, I did not win uh, Jeff Bridges that Oscar. That's sweet of you to say that. Jeff Bridges is an extraordinarily talented actor and, and I think was nominated four times before and should have won three or four Oscars, but thank you for saying that. Uh, but I certainly share in, 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 in that experience as a first-time filmmaker to see such a legendary and national institution to win an Oscar was about as gratifying an experience as I've had. So thank you. Uh, Casey, on to you. Um, do you think you'll get better looking as you get older? <laughs> is Jeff Bridges a good looking man? <laughs> Jeff is a I very good looking man. I want to talk about good guy. looking men. Let's talk about how handsome Christian Bale is as Batman, and now your brother who's Batman, Casey. <clears throat> Excellent questions all around. Or Tower Heist, I have to say. Casey's fantastic in Tower love, Heist. I love talking about that film. Gone Baby Gone, he, he's wonderful in that. But if you haven't seen the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, that is a masterful performance. Sam Shepard is also in that awesome, yes. fantastically handsome man. I will say this. Christian Bale told me, and, this, and he said this publicly, that he thinks Casey is the finest actor he's ever worked with. A preposterous notion, but uh, thank you for your question, sir. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Hello, this is for Casey. Um, what was it like working with Scott and then going on to working with Christopher Nolan? Because I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan and I'm looking forward to Interstellar so much and I was wondering what your experience was like with Scott and then going on to Christopher Nolan. Well, it's hard to describe what my experience like, uh, was like with Scott, kind of in a, in a little you know, sound bite. But it's, um, uh, it was... Uh, it was a fantastic experience from, from the beginning to the end, really, and it was quite, it was surprising because um, he does look like an actor and he, uh, he does uh, behave like an actor sometimes, but, uh, but he is much, much smarter than that, uh, than what you would glean from that appearance. He's, um, uh, and he has uh, a very, um, you know, some of the best directors that I've worked with have a way of sort of con controlling the, their, the film and sort of achieving their vision. Um, while never really letting you know that that's what's happening. You're sort of, everyone feels like they are, uh, they're wild animals and they don't really know that they're in the zoo. And um, <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's quite uh, an accomplishment. And, and um, 
you know, so in this film, I think everybody sort of felt like it was a very collaborative process, that everyone was, you know, they could come to work and say, hey, this is my idea about the scene, or this is how I'd like to say this, and, and Scott would always honor that and sort of um, let, let that be explored. It's like one of those rules about, you know, when you're do improvisation as an actor, they say never say no in a scene, always just say yes and let the scene go somewhere else. And that's sort of just a, analogous to the way that Scott works is to sort of always say, say yes and somehow magically it always sort of ends up with, I, I believe, was, which was what his original vision was and, and, very, and uh, kind of hues very closely to sort of, um, you know, what he would describe had described early on in the process. So I guess this is a long way of just saying that he has um, uh, a way of bringing out the best in everybody and, uh, and, and making the experience be something that is, um, um, you know, enriching and for everyone, sort of challenge, both challenging people and also letting them be uh, uh, the best that they can be as they, as they are. You know, it's sort of, it's complicated. Oh. <clears throat> um, and the second part of the question Chris was Nolan. Chris Nolan. Um, I, I have uh, I only worked for a few weeks on that film, and it was um, you know uh, all, all directors are, are so different, um, and um, you know it's 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 too hard to compare. But I can just say that you know Chris had a, um, um, has has does something that is. Uh, you know, you sort of wonder when someone has made that many movies, both big and small, and all of them been successful in their different ways. Um, and he's obviously so uh, he's so accomplished, and he's so he's so talented, and, and he's so smart. Um, but it doesn't ever uh, it's never sort of thrown in your face at all. You know, he's very very easy to talk to. Um, never talking over your head. Although if he wanted to, he could describe, you know, intergalactic travel <laughs> and the possibility of it, and what you know what it. What it's you know scientists think it's like on the on the um, edge of a black hole or anything else you wanted to talk about, um, but he 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 makes you feel like you're just as smart as he is, and which is which is far from true. And uh, um, he's a lovely guy, and and he sort of conducts. It's like watching a conductor in front of a thousand-piece orchestra, you know, just very simply moving his wrist and and somehow keeping the whole thing together. Um, uh, yeah. So, Scott, you talked about, you know, the location came from sort of where you grew up. Um, but I'm actually curious, a lot of times I think filmmakers um, have heard the advice, like, write what you know. Um, so I'm really curious, I mean, if you have, like, a underground fighting pass, you don't have to talk about it. But I'm, I'm really curious where, like, how you write a revenge film and an underground fighting film if you haven't been part of those experiences. Like, if, obviously, there's personal experience in it, but besides that. I write from a, apart from having ever been in those uh, type of scenarios, um, uh, from a very personal place. I, um, when you grow up in a, a kind of hard, hard scrabble life, as, as I guess I did in, at times, uh, you get into whether with brothers or friends or whomever, you get into the, a fair share of uh, those type of experiences. Never anything kind of uh, sanctioned or people that bet on for sure. Uh, just all things that all young guys uh, grow up with. But the film, um, while at its core has a, a bit of a, a revenge um, narrative, it really is about all those other things which come from kind of a very painful and deep place that 
uh, as uh, Eddie Vedder, who, who worked uh, on uh, the music with me, says that if you don't write those things down, whether he does in songwriting or I do on the, on the page, they just uh, eat you alive. Hi, this is for Scott. Um, I'm curious, with a film like this, what your relationship is with your editor and um, how much creative license you allow. Uh, you know, my relationship with my editor, as most directors will say, is very close and critical. Uh, as a writer and director, you write the film and you rewrite it when you're shooting and then you rewrite it again in the cutting room. And my editor, David Rosenblum, has been editing for a very, very long time and is a wonderful filmmaker. Um, Casey Affleck, Christian Bale, all of the actors, my Japanese cinematographer, Masanobu Takiyanagi, my editor, David Rosenblum, all made me a better filmmaker. They all have much more experience. This is only my second film. Uh, David was extremely collaborative partner, uh, challenges, provokes. Um, I, my very controlling nature, I tend to write a lot of the uh, editing and pre-lapping of music and other sounds into my screenplays, which probably <laughs> read oppressively. Uh, David would follow those, uh, would hew very closely to those, but he also would bring a great deal of surprise and imagination to it. Uh, an editor, uh, much like a cameraman or production designer, uh, is critical, but it's a very, very close collaboration that you have for a even a much longer time than you do with the actors with whom you're working for, for the two months while you're shooting it. Hi. So you guys both briefly talked about this, but I was wondering if you talked to the people in the town about their mentality um, about the war or how they felt young soldiers from that town felt before they went to war and how much that played into the mentality of when they came back, and if that really played a role for either of you. In terms, were they in favor of it? Did they want to be a soldier? Then when they were actually gone, and how that really changed, and if that added to the conflict of obviously coming back and going through post-traumatic syndrome and whatnot. I'll just quickly say that I, I did speak to uh, quite a few people and had done a great deal of research about post-traumatic stress disorder. And I think one thing that's very difficult for people to understand who who either turn a blind eye to Iraq and Afghanistan because there's two very, very unpopular wars. Uh, one, a war of, at least in my opinion, uh, of necessity, the other, a war of choice. Um, these men and women see things that we can never even imagine, the horrors that they witness every day. And they come home and they live with these. And that makes for, at times, a very difficult life. Uh, last week, I screened the film in Los Angeles and we had a discussion like this, and something that, that moved me almost to tears, a, a soldier um, approached me after the screening, and he said to me that he too suffers from, uh, much like Casey's character, from post-traumatic stress disorder, can't sleep, deep depression, violent tendencies, and that he hadn't seen it quite portrayed like this on screen in a very authentic fashion, and that he wanted all of his brothers and sisters to see this film. And I'll take... Uh, many things away from this experience, but when you can really portray something accurately and touch people and hopefully educate them, then uh, I've done my job and more so. And it really meant a great deal to me. Um, thanks everyone for coming. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Scott. Everyone great. should go see this movie. It comes out December 6th. It's amazing. Go see it. Thanks, Sarah.